Welcome to the 99th episode of the Young Turfs Podcast from the Viner Forgate Studio. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And yeah, that is right. Jordan is back in Maryland for this episode of the Young Turfs Podcast. He was out at the game the other night, and we'll talk about that and a lot more on today's podcast. But before we get into all that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown tariff and party rental resource. Allied has what you need. Whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival, Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you are looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Located right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, you can reach Allied Party Rentals at 301-986-0067 or on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. Well, to kick things off here in a little bit different way than on Rev Report, Wrestling's Yusuf. You want to try to pronounce that one, Mason? No. No, I do not. I'll just say Yusuf H. finished a career-best third place in the Big Ten tournament, which is the highest of any Terp since Maryland joined the Big Ten in 2014. This means he will advance to the NCAA tournament, which means this horrible wrestling season is not a total loss. And moving right along here, Gymnastics won all six matchups this weekend, beating Temple, Southern Connecticut State, Westchester University of Pennsylvania, all at the Temple Quad Meet. Then on Sunday, the Terps also swept the Senior Day match at Xfinity Center, beating Brown, Penn, and Southern Connecticut State again. The last match, or meet of the season, I should say, will be at Towson, where they play New Hampshire, Towson, George Washington for the third time this season, and Pitt. Yeah, since it's a multi, um, just it's a multi-team sport, and you play a lot around here, you run into a lot of the same teams, like a GW or a George Mason. But that is interesting that they, you know, have had them on the schedule three times. Tennis snapped a three-game losing streak, beating Rutgers six to one at home. Next up, they will host Wisconsin on Saturday at noon out in College Park. Softball went two and three at the Stetson Invitational, losing to both Fairfield and the host Stetson, both of those games by the score of 6-5. to five. They also lost to UT Martin 3-2. to two. Uh, The Terps defeated UT Martin in their other game against them and beat Bethune-Cookman 3-2. to two. Um, Starting up on Thursday, they will host the Maryland Invitational facing UMBC, Rhode Island, Bryant, and Villanova. This will kick off an 11-game homestand, which makes sense. You know, it's still really cold out in Big Ten country, Jordan. I'm sure you can uh, relate to that. And Maryland gets a lot of home games early on in the season, but definitely it will come back to bite them near the end. Yep, they will start Big Ten plays soon as well. Moving right along here to the other ball and bat sport, baseball traveled to Florida to face Stetson in a three-game series this past weekend. The Terps won the series 2-1, to one. Winning their or having their wins be seven to nothing and eight to four while losing twelve to seven. Next, they will travel to Delaware for a one-game series, playing back a one-game or earlier in the season that is on Wednesday before they host a three-game series this weekend against ECU. Yeah, when you get down against a team like ECU, they're pretty talented down there in North Carolina. Obviously, the better weather attracts some good players. Uh, your number two ranked women's lacrosse team remains undefeated on the season with a really impressive overtime win over the number four Syracuse Orange 12-11 last Saturday. It was a big win for the Terps who were led 
again by the stellar goaltending of Megan Taylor, who had four saves in the last seven minutes. And this was the Terps' 80th straight win at home, dating back all the way to 2012. Megan Taylor also won Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week for both this week and last week. On the men's side, the Terps defeated Albany and advanced to number six in the poll, winning 14-9 in upstate New York. And the, next, the Terps will host Villanova, who will be number 22 if the receiving votes category counted on Inside the Cross on Saturday at 3. And Mason, what do you think about this one? Well, there is a lot to like. Obviously, they beat Albany, who's been a good team, went to the Final Four last year. Of course, they have Nanticoke, who's one of the you know biggest draws in all of college lacrosse. A uh, really solid win for John Tillman and the boys coming off the loss out there at Notre Dame last week. So, um, fingers crossed, Villanova had the Terps number, I think it was two years ago, when they beat them. But last year, Maryland went up to Villanova and they beat a top 10 Villanova team. So, I don't really know what to think. Um, Villanova's taken down Yale this year, Yale when they were number one. So, a lot of talent will be on the field out there on Saturday. Of course, the team always appreciates you guys' support. They usually get a strong crowd, and the weather's looking pretty nice for this weekend, so there should be a few thousand out there at uh, Maryland Stadium. And last on the non-rev report this week, we had the Lady Terps, who came up just short in the Big Ten tournament as they lost to number 10 Iowa, the two-seed out in the tournament. Um, they would beat Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan, they won by just one point, which is a little bit concerning. Um, but with the Iowa game... It was really a game of whistles as there was 42 fouls combined in this game. Wow. And it's a lot of stoppage. Uh, Kayla Charles was great again, 36 points, a career high. But Iowa has the nation's leading scorer in Megan Gustafson, who leads the nation in 27 points per game. She put up 45 points against the Terps of the Iowa's 90. That's half of their points. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's the second time that that's happened to Maryland. Uh, there was a woman for Minnesota a few years ago. I think her last name was a Bolton, something like that. Uh, she put up huge numbers against Maryland. I actually think Maryland Minnesota ended up meeting in the NCAAs that year, and Minnesota knocked the Terps out. Well, now the Terps will have a bit of a break here as the selection show for women's basketball will not come until Monday, March 18th. That's Monday next week as the mid-majors have their tournaments this week. I don't know why the Big Ten's early this year, but it is. So it always is. Okay, apparently it always is. Right now, it looks like the Terps are going to be a three seed, but we will see on March 18th. That is on ESPN. Uh, some football news here. Darnell Savage was named to the uh, NFL All-Combine team. Yes, that is a thing done by the NFL media member. Surprisingly, I actually did not know about that. Uh, football got its first 2020 commit with three-star offensive tackle. Uh, Jordan White from DeMatha. Bruno Fernando. Now, moving back to basketball, which we will get to as a main topic in a minute, it has been named to the top five centers nationally, according to the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award watch list, and he was named, and we got a few, all Big Ten Terps. Of course, we'll start off with Bruno Fernando, the only guy in the Big Ten to be named to both the first team all Big Ten and the first team all Big Ten defense. That is correct. Um, just reading off the first team here, Bruno Frando, of course, is the center. Cassius Winston and Carson Edwards are the two guards and both consensus. Lamar Stevens and Ethan Happ round out the team. And then second team, Anthony Cowan makes the roster an upgrade from his third team start last year. Yeah, um, 
You know, not a lot to say. There's a lot of really talented players. I personally would have picked Jordan Murphy from Minnesota over Lamar Stevens. That's really my only thing to say about this list. Um, one more Terp that was involved is, of course, Jalen Smith, who made the first team all-freshman team, but not Eric Ayella. Um, I disagree, honestly. I think Sticks was not a first team all-freshman. I think Eric Ayella was. But, you know, being a big man, especially in this league, being a big man, it's really hard as a freshman. It's just for me, I don't know who you put Eric Ayala in over. I don't think I, Ayu Dasumo, something of that nature for Illinois, was really impressive this year. He kind of led the team. And you definitely can't put him in over Romeo Langford. So I just don't I know. I put him in over West Camp, though, from Iowa. I know he made a lot of big plays, but I just think Ayala made, so, made um, a lot meant really a lot to Maryland. But obviously, you know, you got Iggy's Brasdakis, Jalen Smith, Joe Westcamp, Romeo Lankford, and DeSumo. There's a lot of good players on there. All those guys are pretty qualified to be on there. I just wish that Ayello was noticed more. But, you know, as we always say on here, he makes those quiet baskets. He's not really... He's made some big plays, but they're few and far between. Well, it's always hard when there's this many good players on the team to share the spotlight. With Ant and Bruno. But let, we got to say something else, though. It's an all-Big Ten team. The members of the media vote on it. They don't see you many times a year. It's all stats and really, honestly, opinion. Well, it doesn't even – not even being an All-American really means – I know Bruno Fernando also got that sporting news first team. Was he first team All-American? Um, I actually don't know. But this was the coaches one we're talking about here. Which is again, you only if you're a coach, you only see the film and when you play them, it's well, the same thing. Well, then you thing. look at the numbers, or at least some of them do. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing to um, figure out for anyone involved, and I, I think they did a pretty good job this year. I don't really have any major gripes with this lineup. Uh, Fernando, correction, or I guess no one really ever confirmed it, was. A honorable mention All-American by Sporting News that also came out today. That's a big, big ups to Bruno there. I did, I really did not think he was going to get the Big Ten recognition. I didn't even think, I definitely didn't think he was going to see any All-American mentions. I'm actually kind of surprised that Ant made his second team. I think he deserves it because, like we said, he does a lot for this team. I just thought with his, um, it's not really bad, but dropping shooting percentage from last year that he would maybe stay in the third team or not, maybe even not get mentioned. Yeah, I definitely thought he was going to be mentioned just from name. I use a pretty big name every time Maryland comes on to talk about Anthony Cowan. So, yeah, I thought he was going to make it. But in the second team, that's that's kind of a push. You know, of course, you got a guy like, um, you know, Carson Edwards, Jordan Bohannon, uh, Cassius Winston. You know, there's so many guards in this league, Romeo Langford, that are such big names that, you know, Cowan could have easily gotten pushed to third team, but he didn't. And on a more personal note, I don't really think this is a big deal. This team's got a lot more to play for. There's a lot more past those personal accolades. So let's move on to talk about the game. But before we get to that, this podcast is also brought to you by Maryland Eurocars. When you're looking for someone to service your European car, look no further than Maryland Eurocars. We have a few Audis in the family and some BMWs at the office, and we take our cars to Christian at Maryland Euro Cars. Christian and his team know their way around Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, Bentleys, and many more makes always friendly, honest, and courteous, along with being an extra clean shop. 
Maryland Euro Cards is the best place to take your prized automobile, and they are the most reasonably priced shop in town. Located in Rockville, you can reach Maryland Euro Cards at 301-217-5831. That's Christian at Maryland Euro Cards at 301-217-5831. And tell them that the Young Turf sent you. Uh, we held off on this podcast. Obviously, the Maryland game was on Friday. The Terps topped Minnesota 69-60 to on senior night. We held off to wait for the Big Ten bracket to settle and, you know, all these Big Ten um, accolades come out. So, Jordan, you were at the game. I did not make it out on Friday night. Uh, how was the crowd? How was, how was that general Xfinity Center atmosphere? I thought it was pretty solid, actually. I was worried that after... The disappointing loss to Michigan, we'd see a bit of a drop-off, but we did not. Um, I think, I don't know, if you know the official attendance, I'd say it was about 14,000 people at Xfinity, but it was really energetic. The um, even Bender proposal that I'm sure you've all seen really, really set the mood for the game. Um, you had the attendance now. It's about 16,600, so pretty full. It was a really good environment. Like I said, the the... Bender proposal really helped set the tone and get the energy amped up, and we played well. We played a lot better than the score said we did. Yeah, I saw it multiple times that the Terps were up more than 20. Of course, they let slip away. I mean, I... It's just expected. Yeah, but the game was never in doubt, in my opinion, really. By the time it started to slip away from them, it was over, and there is a lot of pressure during the game to put... Bender and Andrew Terrell back into the game because like they really could have come in a solid minute or so earlier and the crowd knew it by like the 12 minute mark people were chanting for Bender and Terrell to come in that shows you what the score was like yeah um I don't really know I used to really hate that Turgeon wouldn't give the seniors the go on senior night I think he gave it to Varun Rom but that was kind of different because Varun could you know, he could hold his own. Bender's kind of fallen out of favor. They tried to give him. They gave him all the chances in the world, honestly. And Terrell, he's just never been a guy really worth uh, many minutes. Um, Yeah, it was senior night for two guys that... They gave Maryland some interesting moments, let's say. Uh, everything, you know, if you read Andrew Terrell's blog post about him throwing up the guns at the Rhode Island team and almost starting a brawl there or... You know, Bender's given us so many memorable moments over the years, whether they're good or bad. You know, they're two guys that gave four years to the program, which is a rare thing even for the walk-ons now. Everyone wants to play. Everyone goes somewhere where they can play, even if they go down to, you know, D2. Yeah, they really, there were two guys that I feel like really did love Maryland and really gave it their all when they were here. I'm not, we're not going to have the postmortem on their careers yet because it's really not over. We still have a lot to go. But Bender got in a lot in the first half. Unfortunately, he couldn't stay on the floor as he got in foul trouble. Bruno also got in foul trouble. We'll get to that in a minute. But on the whole, it was a pretty good senior night for them. And I think let's dive into the game as much as we're going to in this podcast. Yeah, which is not going to be a lot because the game was a few days ago. Everything, you know, now it's all about that postseason. Uh, the strong games from the Turfs came from, of course, Bruno Fernando gave you 11-11 and 11 on the night. Jalen Smith had a big game, another big one against Minnesota. Callen gave you the points. It was kind of, in my opinion, a good wrap on the season. It seemed like the three guys that you wanted to produce so much really did. Well, I think the important things were that St Sticks got out there. He had 
if you haven't seen like the block, which is the block, I think at this point against Minnesota, where I think it was Jordan Murphy went up to dunk the ball and sticks just spiked it out of his hands. It was it was the most electric I've seen at Xfinity Center in a long time. It got everybody hyped up. The bench was just losing their mind. It was the best play I think of the season. And and just to get a shooting stroke back, you really want those two to have good games going into the postseason. Yeah, and then of course for Minnesota you had Coffee and Murphy, all his big guys. Um I mean it was a big night for guys like Jalen Smith and of course Anthony Cowan. And it was senior night at a good atmosphere. It meant I really thought, like you, the attendance would really take a downturn, of course, coming off those losses to Penn State and an uninspiring finish to that Michigan game that not many people would go out. I really didn't think students would show, but it seemed like everything was good for a senior night at Xfinity. I really think the way you summarize this game was just good vibes. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing that I hate, why are we playing the Gold Rush game against a team whose student section historically wears yellow, whose name is the Golden Gophers. Like, I understand it in football, right? You want to red out against Ohio State because all the Ohio State fans show out. You want to black out against Michigan State because the black and the dark green, if you get farther enough away, it looks like it's the same color. You want to, um, I don't know, they have a bunch of other ones. They've say- done a blackout against Michigan because the blackout in the maze, I mean, the blackout in the blue look like the same color. I was going to say, you could do a gold rush against Michigan and hope the maze and the gold kind of blend together, too. No, there's no gold rush against football. That's not a thing. Thank God. Actually, I kind of like those gold uniforms, the the original ones with the shells on the side. Like the 2011 ones, the Ed Solera ones? Yes. Uh, those were pretty, I actually like those, too. You know, they, up until last year, were used as the Maryland quarterback practice jerseys. I did know that. I didn't know they changed it out, actually. Yeah, they went to a flat yellow. None of that nonsense around here. Um... Yeah, but that's my only thing. I really don't like it. I think it's... Honestly, I think it's stupid. Like, it makes sense in football, again, but it just does not make sense to me in basketball where we have way more fans than the other team. You're not facing huge road crowds. I mean, Michigan had quite a few fans. Ohio State did, too. But it's Minnesota. So now let's talk Big Ten Tournament. Maryland will face the winner of the Nebraska-Rutgers game. And I gotta tell you, I'm kind of scared after Rutgers I mean, after Nebraska had that strong finish against Iowa and the way Rutgers has been playing and the way that Maryland plays generally in these conference tournaments, that it might not work out for Maryland. I'd actually like to turn it back a little bit because when I went to the Capitals-Jets game on Sunday, but while that was going on, Wisconsin and Ohio State were playing. And if Ohio State lost, or sorry, if Ohio State won, then Maryland gets the double this bye. This game was awful. I watched like... Almost all of it, honestly. I was just on in the background. I was um, doing some stuff for work on my computer. And then it kind of got interesting. I mean, Wisconsin, I don't think, I actually do not think Ohio State ever had the lead in this game. Uh, actually, yeah, I'm certain. Ohio State never led in this game. They got off to an awful start. The score was like 12-8 to 8 at like the 10-minute mark in the first half. It was a brutal game to watch, and I was like, okay, maybe it'll be interesting. It turns into a blowout. I I went to go do something, I left the game on, and I wasn't even planning on turning it, you know, back on. It just happened to be there, and then the slowly, here comes Ohio State, all the way to the point where C.J. Jackson airballs a three-pointer to win the game at the buzzer, 
Game goes into overtime. That's that. Wisconsin, it kind of really felt like they were going to take it after Ohio State had that shot at the end, but it didn't work out. So what? We're the five seed. Let's go. Oh, yeah, that sums it up. I was really hoping that Ohio State would come back and win that game and give us a double bye. Didn't happen. Oh, well. So, yeah, now we're facing the winner of Nebraska Rutgers, and logic says we should be we should be afraid to lose this game just because, as you said, Mason, we have a horrible track record in conference tournaments. But I, I just I can't make myself afraid of Rutgers or Nebraska. Nebraska's season that was so promising has been marred by a seven-game losing streak and a five-game losing streak. Just, man, they've fallen off the wagon. Yeah, Tim Miles, it looks like he's done unless they can really pull something together here. I think if they make it a Saturday, I think that's where he keeps his job. Maybe Sunday. I don't know. They really like him, so I think there's some plays into that a little bit. Uh, looking around, if Maryland advances, of course, they'll take on Wisconsin. I was not looking forward, and here's kind of why I almost like where Maryland ended up. I don't like playing Wisconsin if Wisconsin got rhythm going. Obviously, I think Wisconsin almost had a better chance to lose that first game than Maryland because of the way they play. They play really slow, you know. They play through one guy. It's kind of the way it works. I like Maryland, especially if you can pick up steam. Just win. Just get something going. Feel, you know, feel a little bit of rhythm into this going into Wisconsin, and then you can maybe push them, try and push the tempo, push the way that you want to play onto Wisconsin. If you remember, Maryland had like one good half the whole season against Wisconsin. That was the first half at the game against, at the Xfinity Center. But looping back around to Nebraska and Rutgers, they'll play tomorrow, right? Tomorrow? No, no, play on Wednesday at 5.30 on BTN. Yeah, so Wednesday at 5.30 Central, all the things... Remember, everything on the Big Ten Network site is in central time. I mean, it makes sense. Like, a vast majority of the teams, only four teams are on eastern time. Which I assume is Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, and Ohio State. Yeah. So, yeah, everything there is on central time. So, yeah, that game, Nebraska-Rutgers. I think Rutgers takes this game. I think they're just tougher. They're mean team. Even though, you know, Nebraska is not kind of those really good players, it just hasn't worked out for them this season. I think they're really let down even after that strong finish at Iowa. I think Rutgers takes it. And then I think Maryland is able to beat Rutgers. I think it'll be a close game. And then here we are again against Wisconsin, who I personally think will manhandle Maryland in the tournament setting. I think Wisconsin is going all the way to the final. Did you say we're going to be close against Rutgers? Hey, Rutgers is a tough team. Uh, um, I think they're a well-coached, tough team that Maryland had an awful start against at Rutgers. And then they came back and they throttled them. But that bad start in a tournament setting against a team that's already won a game. I think, I think we're missing the point here that those bad teams in this conference can get really, really Hot because they've all beat good teams. They all know they can do it. It's just a matter of fact of getting that confidence back and then being able to push a Maryland or a um, Purdue or some of these teams that you know come out shaky. I, I profusely disagree with you because I think Maryland absolutely destroyed Rutgers when Rutgers was at home in front of a near sellout. How much of that was Rutgers though? Rutgers basketball has actually done pretty well attendance wise this year. 
every Rutgers game that I've turned on, given that most of them against the ranked teams, it's been pretty much sold out. All right, we can agree to disagree. The point is, we're probably going to beat Rutgers or Nebraska if we play them. I disagree that we'll get, quote, manhandled by Wisconsin. The only reason I would say they would... Actually, no, I'll go back on that. I don't think they get manhandled by Wisconsin. I think they keep it close and then get pushed at the end by, you know, you're fouling, it's a tournament, if you lose, you're done, kind of thing. See, that could happen, also because Wisconsin is basically at home as far as the tournament goes. Madison's only, what, two and a half hours from Chicago? Doesn't matter, it's a tournament setting. I mean, who's it, proved that? Who's proved that? Maryland's had the their conference tournament in MCI, Verizon, whatever, Capital One arena you want to call it and the first time it was the ACC and they lost to Clemson and the second time they lost that game that you went to to Northwestern yeah. and how much of a Maryland crowd was that well I know what you're saying but that Maryland is an exception to tournament rules because we suck at tor- conference tournaments specifically and that is the thing that I think that Maryland fans remember the most is they can't treat this like any other tournament or any other game because we are so bad in conference tournaments, historically speaking. We've only... Think about the program we've had and how many conference tournaments we've won. Like, we've only won three with the teams we've had. That's pretty bad. And those... Two of those teams in 84 and... Uh, maybe it was 83, but the 80s one and the 2004 one, they were kind of flukes. Neither of those teams were really good. So it's hard to give any confidence to a conference tournament. Hey, don't go on my man's Johnny G. We were on the bubble that season when we came into the tournament. I know, I know that was a great run, and then, I mean, who knows what ha- who knows what happens if they, you know, beat that Syracuse team that I think did they won it all, didn't they? Yeah, that was the Carmelo Syracuse team, and they got really close to beating them. Yeah, they missed. Was that the year they missed a buzzer? I don't know, but they didn't they hit a buzzer in the round before. E- no, that was two thousand three. All right, I'm losing my Maryland basketball history marbles right now, obviously. Actually, no, I got a fair amount of that, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, overthrow myself down. But I wanna point out one thing, and this we are I think this is our last point. Actually we got we we'll do this and then we got one more thing to get to. I don't count this Maryland team in the Maryland stereotype. They've played odd the whole year. It's been slow starts, pick it up in the middle, slow finish. And given that, as I continuously have said, that's awful for tournament basketball. Maybe it breaks up the game in a really weird way. Maybe Maryland's pushes against some of these Big Ten teams that really want to, I think in Wisconsin's going to be one of these teams, play really slow. You know, they're pushing for the Sunday. And sure, you got to win on Friday to play Sunday, but they're going to want to play their kind of Big Ten basketball, slow games. And sure, Maryland's played slow this year, but the whole year, Maryland has shown that ability to push hard. And no, do I honestly think it will change? No, but it could. It's always been this year what it could be. Maybe they'll make something happen in, when they're when you really don't expect them to, which is in this tournament. You know, I would be more enticed to say they're going to make a run in the NCAA tournament than the Big Ten tournament. But maybe, you know, they'll keep keep, you know, messing with people and they'll make a run. And I hope they do. Um, I don't really got anything else to say. The game will be probably approximately at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock for us because we're not in central time. 
So try to catch it on BTN. Mason, you got another point because I don't know what it is. Yeah, my last point, we didn't talk about it at all. I don't really know what... I really don't know what the podcast schedule is looking like for the Big Ten tournament. So I decided to bring this up now. What do you think it will take for Maryland to actually win this Big Ten tournament? Well, I was planning to come back on um, after the Wisconsin game, assuming you know we get that far. But or after they lose, gotta throw that one. In. After they lose, or after the Wisconsin game. So, well, you see, the thing about that is, what time is the game on Thursday? I think it's the same thing, like two or three o'clock. Yeah. And then two or three o'clock. No, so, then it's noon if we get that far. If we get to Saturday, we'll be playing at noon. Not Saturday. I wasn't talking about Saturday. I was looking at the the um, trying to maybe squeeze one in before that Wisconsin game because you know you kind of almost expect to lose. But yeah, regardless of what the schedule, what do you think going into it is better? Probably the better way. Who do you think takes it, and what do you think Maryland's chance is? I'm going to say Purdue takes it. I think that I'm going to say Purdue or Michigan State. I really don't think it's going to be Michigan. I think Michigan has shown a lot of weakness this season. Actually, Michigan has shown me nothing that makes me think they are any anywhere close to the team they were last year. They have consistently lost to good teams. Maryland's one of the only really consistently good well, teams they've lost that. to. Who'd they be in the ACC Big Ten? Yeah, they blew out North Carolina. I think they blew they blew out North Carolina. They destroyed Villanova, who's again shown their weaknesses. But then they were, I believe, they were a top ten team for like for like a week. They fallen off the wagon. But again. I also thought they whacked. I mean, Michigan whacked them when they were a top at the beginning of the season when they were really highly rated. Yeah, but then they plummeted after that. Yeah, but look, I'm one that says if there's a number next to a team when you beat them, it means something because we all know, or at least those of us who have played sports, when you're that highly rated team. And you're practice like you're just you're feeling good, you're feeling that number whether you're that good or not. And this might actually it might go both ways. You might slack off because you got that number next to him, or you might really be feeling good and really loving what you're doing. So I think, you know, Maryland beat a ranked Nebraska team when Nebraska was at full strength and playing well. I still think it means something, but that's a whole different argument. We'll we'll push past that. I think that. I think Michigan State's gonna gonna win it. I think Michigan State's playing their best basketball right now. It's looking like Nick Ward might be back, which definitely adds a whole different element to their team. Of course, you got guys like Cash Wild, Winston, uh, my favorite guy who's going so that nails those threes. You know, they just got they have so many parts, and they're they're so well coached by Tom Izzo that I think they just got it. Uh, I think it's one of the rare times where we see a favorite win this tournament. But I'm also looking at the teams like, maybe not to win it, Penn State's a team to watch. Yeah, I think Penn State fits the sleeper mode pretty well. I also think Iowa does if they can get themselves back together. I don't think Iowa does. I think Iowa's really beat. I think that Illinois might be able to push to that Michigan game. I don't think they'll be able to beat Michigan. I think they beat them earlier this year. Yeah, yeah they did. And I think they'll be able to push Michigan up. I think they can beat Northwestern pretty easily. I think they can beat... That Iowa team, they're definitely, there's no bad team. Even Northwestern showed when they beat the door off of Ohio State that they can have a good night and go out there and beat a good team. Maybe, okay, fine, I'll give it to you. Northwestern is bad. Other than that, you got Nebraska and they got Palmer. You got Illinois and they've beaten all these good teams and they're playing well. Penn State's the same story. 
you know, Rutgers has always been that mean team that even they didn't. They've all beat, like, there's no team, there's one team. Even Northwestern, I'm pressed to say, is better than their record. I don't think there's one team that I'm not like, ooh, they got a guy that might be able to light us up tonight. Yeah, I think that's fair. We should wrap this up pretty soon. But I think when you look at the Big Ten as a whole, and that's really what this conference does for you as a force as you to look at the entire conferences, the th- argument you always hear right now is, is the ACC and the Big Ten better? And they're both very good conferences, and the ACC definitely has a death squad of teams that you could always point to and say, okay, those three teams, Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, they could all win the tor- championship. Michigan, I mean, Big Ten probably has one in Michigan State. No. Who, who else are you putting out there? I think Michigan is always on that list. I don't care how bad they are. They're like Duke. They're like a Duke or North Carolina when it comes to tournament time. They're not the regular season. They're not the prestige regular season team. But they're coaching. And I'm telling you, the way they play and the way they're coached is just built for tournament basketball. And Michigan State's the same. You know, Izzo took that like seven seed team to the Final Four. You see the same things. I mean, given that the Big Ten doesn't have, you know, your Duke or Carolina, or I think they got the Virginia. Virginia, to me, is not a... They haven't done anything in the tournament. But the Big Ten, I'm telling you, they always go out in the tournament. I think this year that changes a little bit. I think some of these teams, like a Purdue that hasn't made the run, will get a good draw as like a three-seed or something and be able to push Sweet 16. Now, it might not look great now because, you know, everyone won that regular season championship and they all beat each other up. But who knows? It's really a who-knows kind of tournament. And it's a who-knows kind of uh, year. Apparently I'm allowed to talk again because you cut off my point there. My point was that if you look at top to bottom, it's really hard to pick a Big Ten team. And I think that undersells a lot of the Big Ten because they all beat each other up so much. So, to get back to the point, we'll talk again after the Wisconsin game or or after we lose to Rutgers or Nebraska. But for now, I'm going to say Maryland beats... It's really hard to make a score, but I'm going to say Maryland beats... Whoever they play in the second round by, give score. I'm giving give I'm giving a blind score. We're gonna win by round fifteen by whoever we play. Uh, I think that Rutgers beats Nebraska, and I think Maryland beats Rutgers, uh, sixty-seven to sixty. That's not gonna be that close. Uh, okay, I'll, t- I'll take this. Not gonna be. I think close. Rutgers pushes it hard at the beginning, and they kind of just you know flail out like a lot of these bad tournament teams do. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Young Turks Podcast. As always, we would like to thank our sponsors, Viner Forgates and Rockville, for all of your business IT needs. Viner Consulting is the place to go. You can reach them at 301-251-2900 or on the web at the number one, Viner.com. Allied Party Rentals for all of your parties, big or small. Allied is the place to go. They have tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you are looking for to make your perfect party. You can reach them. And visit them on the web at AlliedPartyRental.com. And of course, Maryland Euro Cars. When you're looking for a five-star experience to service your European car, look no further than Maryland Euro Cars. Audi, BMW, Mercedes, Bentley, they do them all at Maryland Euro Cars. You can reach them at 301-217-5831. And that's Christian. And tell them that the Young Turks sent you. Uh, as we said constantly, we will be back after either Maryland loses or they lose or win against Wisconsin. Who knows what's going to happen with this team. And until then, as always, thanks for listening.